Hello, the internet, and welcome to this episode of the Weekly Zeitgeist. Uh, these are some of our favorite segments from this week, all edited together into one uh, nonstop infotainment laugh extravaganza. Uh, yeah. So, without further ado, here is the Weekly Zeitgeist. She is yes. the brilliant, the talented Jamie Loftus. Wake up in the morning feeling slightly <laughs> giddy. Pack up Sunny and Flea. We're about to hit this city. Before I leave, grab my wallet and a couple of Tums. Because when I leave for hot dogs, I'm going to have some yums. <laughs> I'm done talking about veneers, nears. No time for ice cleaners, eaners. Because <laughs> this is the summer of wieners, wieners. <laughs> Slice top, heat those buns up all crispy. <laughs> Hamburgers can miss me. I want those furters grilly. <laughs> wow. <still> on top, <laughs> onions chopped, mustard and that ketchup sop. Relish if you wish. Talking mm. hot dogs, I guys. <laughs> That's, that was so long. Uh, that from <laughs> Uncle Brew at the underscore brew. Brew. The brew. The brew. The brew. Uh, the great Jamie. contributor. Wow. Really brought the heat today. Hope Fucking I did classic. it justice. Wieners, wieners. I thought you were, I thought there was the going to be a, wieners, like a hockey. Wieners. I thought there'd be a hockey reference to going tweeners, but I was, that oh. was me projecting. I was like, oh, maybe some, some New yeah. England <laughs> hockey lore to interject there, but. <laughs> oh, no, no. Uh, summer of wieners, wieners. Yeah. Wieners, all wieners. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How's that been? How did the summer of wieners treat you? Oh, it was uh, it was good. My body is, I would say, basically recovered, and I have to kind of jump in for round two soon. But for people who don't know what we're talking about, what we're <laughs> yes. saying, like, how's the summer of wieners? How's the- <laughs> um, yeah, I've just been having a ton of sex. No, I um have been working on a book about hot dogs for a couple of for basically the summer. And we were traveling around eating hot dogs everywhere, all over the country, and just been like talking and thinking about hot dogs for several months. The same stretch of months where a study speculated, heavy on speculated, that Mm -hmm. eating a hot dog takes away 36 minutes of your one human life every time you do it. The summer I ate like 250 hot dogs, but wow, I digress. How much time does that give you at this point? Are you, are you I'm, down to like... I'm like <laughs> essentially a time traveler. Um, Wait, I you can... you did how many how many hot dogs did you say you think you ate? Is around like two hundred, but okay, I need to I need oh, to okay. do the let's call the it two twenty. Uh, times thirty six minutes. Okay, probably okay. only like a week um, that you lost, right? There, right? I mean, I don't, one, but also one hundred thirty two hours. That's one hundred and thirty two yeah. hours. Okay. So it's like, fuck it, you know? Yeah, yeah dude. Who, who gives a shit? And also, ser- something, something, serotonin extends your life. It's yeah. kind of gravy. Exactly. It it all comes yeah. out. That's about five and a half days of your life, apparently, that you lost by eating Worth two. Worth it. I went up to 220. Worth it. See, I also fully think that if I looked deep enough into that study, it was funded by, like, Big Lettuce or something. I'm like, who did that study? How do you arrive yeah, right. at a figure like that? Lies, all lies. Big ham- but it, the big summer hamburger. of wieners. I know. I was gonna say big. 
I was going to say it speaks a lot to Jamie's, uh, where Jamie's at, that she thinks the primary competitor to hot dogs is lettuce. It's <laughs> 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 like, you know, the thing, the Hulk two game. things that you make a salad out of, either yeah. uh, lettuce or, uh, you know, a bunch of hot dogs. Chapter one, the dog. food spectrum to the left, lettuce, <laughs> and on the other end, the hot dog. We all where exist on a fall? spectrum yeah. of lettuce to hot dog. Um, and I'm unfortunately just fully a hot dog <laughs> <laughs> the one hot dog uh one of my first memories is actually a hot dog experiment myself where i was staying w- with a babysitter and she was like you're gonna have three types of hot dogs we're gonna grill them we're gonna boil them and i forget what the third was but Ooh, I, I am yeah i was like five you gotta I love when they fry three them. hot dogs like all different kinds. I remember one being a little bit burnt and uh and then I threw it. Yes. Up. So <gasps> Yeah. You don't Did like you get burnt a... hot dogs? Oh, oh I love so it. I didn't say I didn't like throw up from the taste. I think I just it was too much for my you little just body. Oh dude. Yeah, <laughs> too I much had, char my, for you. My dad also had like a I, I've been like very interested in how everyone has a story about hot dogs even if they don't think they do we're like my dad also i was like well what's your hot dog memory and then he was like nothing and then two days later <laughs> he told me the most like the weirdest story i'd ever nothing. heard about him <laughs> yeah it was that harsh too he's like I love that shut story. up <laughs> actually wait <laughs> Yeah, like but then you guys, two days like, later, hours later, like, you're walking out. He's like, Jamie, stop. I'm, I need to tell you. <laughs> I need to tell you something. I haven't been forthright. <laughs> and then he told me about a time he worked at a, like a dog track when he was 15 because he's very old. And, and then he was like, and he like ate 10 hot dogs in a day. And then he went to the hospital. <laughs> I was like, that's a hot dog story. Like, what are you? <laughs> yeah. You know, look me in the face and say you have no hot dog story when you've been hospitalized over. Because that's like 1970s hot dogs. That's a lot of nitrates. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think I, when I saw like on, I think drivers die, like Triple D or some like Food Network show when I first saw like the Ripper, those deep fried hot dogs yes. that they like come from New Jersey. I was like, this yeah, is Rutt's the fucking hut. intersection of all of my belief systems. And <laughs> I spent like an entire summer with like my buddies. Like we would like do all kinds of fat. We would fry the the hot dogs in. We rendered like five pounds of bacon to just deep fry our hot dogs in bacon grease. Wait. And we would spiral cut them. So they had Wait. like the most surface area for like maximum crispiness. Dude, I got, I, I've, I've been very we invested in that market. Talk. Uh, everyone, everyone has a a, a ridiculous hot. Wait, I okay. I'm gonna spiral text you about cut that later. hot dogs, and I'll do it in a voice. So chic, Kathy. You haven't had my spiral cut hot dogs. <laughs> Kathy really liked your Irving. She did. She did. Yeah, oh she mentioned God, it. That's huge for I you, Miles. Put it on the I resume. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What is something from your search history? Right. So from my so all of my answers to all these questions all surround the same theme right now. So recent search history, the thing that is predominant in my search history right now is I'm looking for like really good cycling shorts Mm -hmm. uh, because I recently got into like biking and I went on this like 30, no, 40 something mile bike ride this weekend and like 
my butt hurts. Like my sits mm. bones, like everything is in like deep, deep pain. And now I need to like gear up and actually buy actually good cycling gear. What? So are, shorts make a just difference? Rocking. I'm so ignorant. Yeah, so like, the, like, like the like the padded shorts. Oh, and I also, right, right. I'm also looking for like a different bike seat that has less padding compared because apparently that's better too. So it's like my search history is all about biking right now and specifically about like my butt pain. <laughs> How to relieve butt pain from biking. What kind but, of like, bike? Seriously, you, though. <laughs> like a road bike, gravel, what kind of? Yeah, I have a 10 year old road bike that I bought when I was doing my undergraduate degree. And I never really got into it very intensely. And then I moved to New York City and I was too scared to bike in New York City. So I but I have a bunch of friends who like are very intense cyclists and mm -hmm. they are building up my confidence. They're taking me on rides. I went through Central Park this weekend and Times Square nice. and like contended with those those cars. And it, it was yeah. good. It was a good experience. I'm I'm also getting on my bike, but I have I just got an electric bike just to like kind of commute nice. ar around so I don't drive my car as much, yeah, which yeah. is great. But part of it is I live in one of the most hostile places for someone to be on a bicycle, <laughs> which is L.A. Um, right. And I like you, like my partner, she goes to she'll she'll bike into work. So she's like very comfortable on the roads. Wow. I, I nice. grew up almost getting hit by cars to the point where I rode the road, my, mostly would ride my bike on the sidewalk, which you're not supposed yeah. to do just to like right. avoid the stress of that. But as I've gotten out more, I'm, I can totally identify with like the comfort level. Cause like I at first hated cars, like just flying by me when I was on a bike. And now, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm learning my safety, like sort of protocols, yeah. how to keep my head on a swivel, know how to, what to, how to read my body to, signal to other cars exactly. and things like that yes. and i'm slowly gaining that confidence so like yeah defensive I, I like bike techniques are so important and I'm, yeah. I'm like slowly learning them yeah 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 new york is no joke you i i've i used to bike around new york a lot and have almost been sandwiched by a bus in between like a yeah. bus and a parked car i guess and... i don't know why i think la is more hostile i think it's because i see more people in new york being like i don't give a fuck like, yeah, I'm out right. here, right. and in that way, I'm like, oh, it must be easy to bike. But when I'm on the sidewalks of New York, I'm still like, man, I would not bike in this shit at all. Yeah, but I guess it's all about you know learning, the, you know, learning the environment and getting used to it. Yeah, I'm just getting comfy on my bike, you know. Yeah, I've definitely felt the pain of not having the right my my uh, cycling pants were corduroy, and <laughs> oh boy, uh, yeah, I started a fire. <laughs> Yeah, uh, at one point it was not good. Just leaving a, a trail of fabric behind you. <laughs> what is something you think is overrated? Guys, have you heard about this thing? The Oedipus Complex. <laughs> 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 have you heard? Of, I, I can't believe it. I, I That's all. Any, anytime you bring up Freudian uh, psychotherapy, all everyone's talking about is the Oedipus Complex. Do you know what it is? Oh, yeah. Do you. Uh, uh, do I know like about the inedible complex? Yeah. Yeah. You kill your dad and you have sex with your mom. And then rip your eyes out. What is that about? That's gross. <laughs> <laughs> I remember in high school, we had to read Oedipus Rex. And I was like, bro, this is the one where he has sex with his mom and rips his <laughs> eyes out. And like my teacher was like, there's a lot more than just that. And I'm like, ah, OK, I guess uh, we'll I thought see. you were going to say she was like spoilers. Miles. Yeah. Well, I think it's just more like that this idiot who this like young smart ass <laughs> right. decided to just, just be like, we don't need to read this. This guy bangs his mom, rips his eyes out. We're good. Next. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Uh, I can tell you everything you need to know. Yeah. 
I'm the spark notes right here. As a learned <laughs> learned man of books, uh, Andy, is the Oedipus complex like overrated? Like, did Freud say, ah, this is something that happens like sometimes and people are like, Freud said we all want to fuck our moms. Or is it, did Freud actually say that shit? Yeah, it's not like Freud himself. It's our sick society. It's our sick society <laughs> that like, uh, f- like really fixated upon that and then turned it into like a porn genre. Right. Yeah, that mm. is wildly popular. These what is days, it if you're it's your stepmother though? Is that still edible? It's yeah. ste- step steadable. Step steadable. Steptable. I think the other version is the Electra complex, if I remember right. But it's gross. Let's stop talking about it. No <laughs> one's doing it. Was it yeah. has it been wait, what when was the last time you had to confront something like this? Because I feel like, man, I haven't really I don't. I haven't seen it on Twitter recently, but I'm, has something come up recently? We're like, here we go with the edible shit, right? Just like all these creepy billionaires are doing this kind of stuff. Am I right? <laughs> billionaires <laughs> killing their dads and sleeping with their moms. That's why we got to get rid of them. It's not about the. It's not about any economic stuff. It's yeah. that they're these gross creeps, right? I mean, you your you mouth think Epstein's the only one, right? Yeah. They're all like that. Yeah. Uh, what's something you think is underrated, Eli? Not to invite too much controversy, but phone calls. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I get it. I get that texting is useful in a lot of situations. I probably 60-40 text the phone myself, but this kind of raw hatred that's come against the very idea of speaking on the phone in the last yeah. few years is really strange to me. It feels like a technological step backwards. They said, well, uh, you know, what if we don't have to write these letters and telegrams anymore and we could just speak our thoughts into another person's head directly and that we sort of undid that? That's strange to me. Right. That it's like now I can do instant telegrams to a person's pocket telegram station. (laughs) Yeah. And you're like, ah, fuck. No, yeah, I definitely see like there is. I don't know if it's generation. I think because like as it for me as like a teenager or whatever, talking on the fucking landline was my blood. You right. know what I mean? There's no right. other way to, to communicate. I mean, there was AIM and shit like that, but the phone was like the next level because you could yeah. you could just leave the line open. You're both watching <laughs> a TV show, not talking for fucking 30 uh-huh. minutes straight, doing your homework and stuff like that. And I so I think part of me, I still I still have a love for those times. So I, I definitely, you know, I don't understand the hate for the phone. I guess if it's like for work or something, maybe oh, sure, that's yeah. right. But uh, other than that, come on now. Yeah. 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 I mean, you lose so much via over text. Like there's been studies that found that, you know, emails just don't try to fucking tell a joke in a work email because you are going to fail. <laughs> People are not going yes. to get it. Right. Yep. You guys are right to kind of compare it to telegrams. I read every text that I receive in the voice of a wistful Civil War soldier writing home, <laughs> wow. uh, like in a Ken Burns documentary. Uh-huh. So that that's just how my brain works. And you say so. stop, too, I think. Yes, I do. I do. Yeah. Well, what else? How else do I read the periods out loud? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, I I agree. I'm on board. Great. But, you know, the this Gen Z audience of ours is going to tear you a new one, buddy. (laughs) Go for it. There's Um, only three people in the world that'll still talk to me on the phone. Right. (laughs) So, (laughs) yeah, which is also funny when I think about it, like of the people and I'm like, I call them like it's the same 10 people. Yeah. Yeah. You know? yeah. That's another level, though, of like friendship, though, too. Like, are you in the phone zone? 
Oh, the phone mm-hmm. zone, yeah. Because that's like when you know you're like, I have to call this person. I right. have to talk to them voice to voice. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm stuck in the phone zone with this one guy. <laughs> oh, sucks, man. Sucks. Just get me to the text zone already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I Do you guys, like, when do you fit in your phone calls? Like, my... My wife is really good at like staying in touch with people, my wife, uh, and she'll like call them when she's driving somewhere. Like she's just like has a routine where she immediately like goes to her phone whenever there is like a free moment where I would be listening to a podcast. Essentially, she calls people. Right. Because podcast hosts are my friends. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) that's me, Jack. Yeah. I have parasocial relationships. But I, Mm. I, I don't really have a a time for it it usually happens on the weekends for me because like i'm i'll be like meandering and i'll get a text and then i'm like fuck it i just need a call to like keep this thing going or yeah. half the time it'll i'll just call because i, I i'm driving and i don't want to yeah. i don't want to continue a conversation over text while it's more sometimes just born out of safety more than like mm-hmm. i gotta talk to this person i'm like yo yo i'm driving man let's fucking let's talk about this shit in the car yeah, yeah, yeah. so i don't have a routine eli what about you mine's usually driving that's mm-hmm. kind of yeah. my yeah because it you know, Atlanta, I think similarly to L.A., very car heavy city and it takes half an hour to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, uh, yeah. All my podcasts come while I'm cooking or cleaning. Yeah. Mm. And then driving is uh, driving is phone calls for the phone zone. Got it. Yep. Amazon would have a thing to say about that. As oh, yeah. We'll get to later. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back, and there is a developing, worsening humanitarian crisis on the other side of the border in Del Rio, Texas. There are mostly Haitian migrants currently living under a bridge and basically just waiting to see if the United States will help them. Yeah. And the answer seems to be no. It's sadly they're seeking asylum in the United States and what, you know, Trump and Biden, they seem to be doing the same thing, which is basically telling them, no, we are unable to do that. Biden hasn't deviated much from Trump's policies, which is essentially like wait in Mexico during this period. And we will use a CDC guideline to sort of justify sending people back on flights no matter what under the guise of essentially protecting the U.S. from COVID. And a lot of people are really skeptical whether or not that is even having the positive results they claim to have by saying like, oh, well, these people, <laughs> we got to get them out because of the pandemic. But it's just a way to justify the inhumane treatment of these people who are seeking asylum. And, you know, again, cramped conditions, glacial pace of processing people, just we're seeing the same problems, you know, just sort of play out over and over. And predictably, Republicans are pouncing on this moment as like a way to paint displaced people as subhuman and also to try and create a scandal that they can campaign on for Joe Biden because xenophobia is a great motivating tactic for their base, which is to point at something at the board and say, look what's happening because of Joe Biden. Now get out there and vote for someone who will treat them like not people. And we've already seen pictures of the fucking border patrol, like on horses, whipping people. I don't know if you saw those images yet, but it is a really, really terrible scene. And Biden, I, you know, is totally aware of this. I think the dynamic, especially as it relates to the conservative sort of painting of this this incident right now. 
And I think that's why he's barely changed the policy since he's took office, because he doesn't want that. He doesn't want to give the right, the the optic win of essentially being humane and allowing them to turn it into this guy's just he's just basically burning the borders down. You know, it's free for all over here at this point. Um, And it's and then at the same time, continued sort of disregard for Haiti's place in the Western Hemisphere and why we're at this place, because there's typically a really a strong connection between people who are seeking asylum in the United States or trying to get into the United States and us meddling in their country at some point prior mm-hmm. to that mm-hmm. and destabilizing mm-hmm. it. And this is yeah, no and Haiti's exception. a really good example of that. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, the backdrop behind all of this is like the earthquake. It's Haiti having lost its president to assassination very mm-hmm. recently. And yeah, it's it's sad to see, you know, the fact that Biden isn't doing very much right now yeah, and is not changing post-Trump is not is not really reversing many of these policies. Yeah, it's it's um, it definitely feels like an optics thing for sure. Yeah, right. it's it's the only way you can manage, I think, because already there's problems as it relates to, you know, the the, the covid mandates as he, you know, he's trying to play a very walk a fine line with that. There's also like he's got the U.N. stuff happening this week where he's like going to try and like beg like Macron to like like the U.S. again because the whole submarine sail incident. But yeah, what was I mean, that I, think incident? He, I kind of saw a vague reference to that, but just be, because Francis. Yeah, because they were like, hey, like we sell nuclear subs, not you guys to Australia. It's just all, it's all part of this oh, okay. pact of the the New Zealand, Australia, sort of U.S. sort of, uh, you know, Pacific pact uh, against China. But, you know, when it comes to the Haitians, you know, like there have ever since that earthquake in 2010, you know, it's caused many people to seek opportunity outside of the country at a at a like a, at a larger rate. And then the pandemic killed off a lot of jobs that people had in places like Brazil or Chile and things like that. So they're moving further to try and find a way to survive. And this time there were a lot of social media uh, rumors that were like fueling a lot of the optimism for these migrants, which essentially that they were like, well, there's protected status for Haitians. But that was really only applying to the, the people that were within the United States. And now they're being met at the border with whips and horses and just saying like this now is not the time and putting people on flights back to a country that is like verging on a like full on like hot civil war. Yeah. And so many people are like this doesn't even make sense. Like this is just this is like cruelty upon cruelty to do this. And, you know, to the point of like U.S. <laughs> intervention in Haiti, this has been an issue. You know, Haiti's economic development was hamstrung the second that they liberated themselves with a slave slave rebellion from France. And France essentially said, "Okay, we'll uh, we'll acknowledge your independence if you pay us for the lost property that the slave owners experienced as a result of you liberating yourselves." And those payments were being made from the beginning of the 19th century up until the last payment I think was made in the 40s, the 1940s. And you know, again, the US was very uh, very quickly entered uh, Haiti like towards the or uh, the beginning of the 20th century, took over the treasury and was sort of essentially saying like, okay, 40% of all the wealth in this country is going to be redirected towards quote unquote debt that you owe the US or France. And this has just been, this has kept Haiti from actually being able to grow as a nation and also be part of a global economy. So 
just like so many layers of yeah of of trauma and death to deal with but this is again this is this is the thing that the american media or mainstream media will never do is like give you a real primer on these countries where people are coming from and understanding what the us's role is and how they got to where they are and on some level should be arguing why we should actually be helping these people because it's typically it's always reasons to like why we shouldn't i mean joe biden famously said in like the 90s that like Haiti was just inconsequential to the United States. And that's why he was focused more on the Balkans. So, huh. yeah. I actually a, didn't know he said that. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really, and it's like very, like, he said it in very dark terms. Like, essentially saying, like, if it sunk into the sea, like, we wouldn't really, Jesus Christ. we wouldn't think twice about it. 90s Biden tells on modern day Biden a lot. Like yeah. quotes from 90s Biden, like what, about Israel. And he Haiti. said, if Haiti just quietly sunk into the Caribbean or rose up 300 feet, it wouldn't matter a whole lot in terms of our interest. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. That's, that was 1994. I do not. That is wild. That yeah. is not a great quote. No, but he's not. He's okay. full of not great quotes. <laughs> right. You know, like, and it, all the time you're like, no, nah, he said that. It's, he, he's sort of one of those people where you go, he said that? And yeah. then at the other yes. side of your mind, you're all like, yo, yeah, he said that shit. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. I can also mm-hmm. see that. Yeah. I mean, the hope is that he is politically adaptable and changes and, like, kind of feels the the pressure to move towards a more humanitarian place. But that is... Yeah, when you're doing shit like what he's doing at the border right now, it kind of suggests that he hasn't really changed that much with regards well, to how he just, feels about it. It's just not a fight. He, you know, this is like another thing. Like, I think yeah. he, he expended a lot of political capital, like the, the visibly because of the Afghanistan thing. By saying, like, we shouldn't right. have been there. This is always going to happen. So we, someone had to do it because every person before me lied that they were going to do it. So we have right. to do this to like move things along. Yeah, did I? Is there a better way to do it? Yeah, probably, but he didn't. And I think you know, immigration is just another one of those third rail issues in this country where if you suddenly have any movement towards a humane policy towards allowing people into this country or people who are looking for a better life or asylum, that all it's going to do is you're going to now have to face a just a media culture war against this idea that. You're saying like America doesn't matter and this is just some place for people to come flood and be dirty or whatever. Right. And I don't think, yeah, it, it doesn't seem, I don't know how many people have moved sort of past being able to look at a situation like that and kind of not have that take up all the oxygen in, a, in the news. Yeah. And it's another example of just, you know, the, U- the U.S. government basically understaffing the people who are processing people who are making claims of asylum and then you know they even if they had the right policy in place they would yeah you know just be like yeah but it's the same thing with the distribution of rent relief and you know the eviction ban it's like they don't they they can have all these big ideas and policies but then they don't actually staff it up so you don't have the bureaucracy in place to actually do anything right uh, with your with your ideas Right. I think Del, Del Rio is having a huge problem with that, like mm-hmm. specifically, right, because they're arresting a bunch of people. They're putting a lot of these people in jail and they just don't have the staff to like to like take care of these individuals, to process yeah. them. Like it's it's it really is like in Del Rio. It is bad right now. Yeah. yeah. 
And the sad thing is that all these images just will make someone who's not as informed just think that there's no solution to something like this. And it's just like, right. well, I don't know. We have Border Patrol. We have, you know, right. customs people who work on this, but they still I mean, this is this is this is why we got to just tighten stuff up rather than really understanding like, no, we're not we're not we're not servicing these people in the in the manner that we should be. We're not we're not creating the <laughs> we don't have the actual infrastructure to deal with this because this isn't this is only going to increase um, mm -hmm. as climate changes uh, and gets more intense and causes more like environmental disasters. People are going to move. That's just a nailed on fact of our our world. Yeah. And yep. borders are not people still move. So yeah. there is some like at a, I mean, I don't know when that reckoning is going to come, but, you know, that's going to be a huge part of how we adapt to the changing world is understanding that, like, we we have to let go of these ideas of like, no, you're from there. You can only stay there and you stay there till you die. And if you don't like, don't even think about coming here because we only have enough for us stuff for us. And we're not even worried on trying to think yeah. of how we can make it all work. I mean, for um, a lot of people, the reckoning is already happening. Like the, you know, Human Rights Watch published a letter on Wednesday of last week just saying, you know, the, this policy of like heavily guarding the routes that people cross the border that are hospitable so that pushing people to extremely uh, hot and unforgiving terrain, like they are killing people. They're straight up killing yes. people as the world gets hotter and hotter. Heat waves are already the deadliest form of natural disaster in the U.S. And they're just pushing people into regions where, like, in terms of how much it's changing, the number of days over 100 degrees Fahrenheit per year is expected to climb to 60 by mid-century, up from the annual average of 28 between mm -hmm. 1971 and 2000. Like, that's more than doubled in, you know, 50 years because of climate change. It's going to really kill a lot of people. And But again, it's like sort of this, we're not doing anything. Like, they're, they're the ones who are, who are doing it type logic that conservatism by doing nothing. Like just by by doing nothing, rather it allows the Democratic Party to just not get called out for doing cruel things, but you know passively do the cruel policy that makes it easy for them to triangulate with conservatives. Yeah, I mean, so I have so many thoughts regarding heat waves. One is that like actually nobody knows that they are like the deadliest natural disasters. Like people don't think about them. They don't happen in a uh, as a shocking of a way as like a wildfire or yeah, exactly. or a storm, you know, it's, it's such a different kind of death. It is also an incredibly terrible death. Mm -hmm. It is yeah. really, really brutal. Like if you like look up an article that tells you exactly how people die from heat waves, it is not pretty. And on top of that, you have border patrol agents dumping water yeah. at the border. Like when, when these nonprofit organizations leave water for migrants along those routes, they dump the water out. Yeah. And that that to me is really something that every time I think about that, it's just like I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine doing that as policy. Right. Because, yeah. And the way I think we have these departments set up, it's just to be like, OK, who's who's willing to brutalize these people? It has nothing to do with compassion, meeting these people with compassion. It's like these are invaders. So take away anything they have that would potentially give them safe passage, like you're saying, like cynically, just like cutting open water containers and just yeah. leaving it. So there's no 
There's nothing for a fucking human person who is wandering the earth to try and have a better outcome for themselves. Yeah, just fundamentally, we have just such a barbaric system. And I think I think just in general, in most countries just think of immigration as this like dirty thing uh, or bad thing rather than like acknowledging our place in like a global community and understanding like, you know, at a certain point, I think a lot of Americans are under the assumption that America will be the best place to live forever, no matter Mm. what happens to the planet. And, you know, I think not many people put themselves in a place with what if you were trying to cross a border? Right. And what does that look like? But I think exceptionalism has completely put that out of people's minds because that's the only way you could look at this and not have any compassion. Like, I think me, someone who's so worried about what the future holds for this planet and future generations it's all i can think of is like well that that could be you that could be us that could be anyone yeah could yeah. be anyone i mean except maybe the super rich right, right like right. Yeah, you, the super space. rich are going to be just fine and it other than that it could be anyone yeah yeah how do you want your kids and grandkids to be treated when they're trying to cross the canadian border and right. like everybody's trying to get the fuck out of america right all right, let's flush our systems yes, uh, with yes. a nice story of nice, down-home yes. activism uh, succeeding. You know, last summer, there were a lot of organizations and schools circulating lists of suggested books and other materials to help broaden people's perspective on race and white supremacy. You know, not... Uh, so anyway, like, not all of them were done in good faith. That's probably... We can discuss that another time. But in York, Pennsylvania... Their school district's diversity committee released a list of all kinds of great stuff for students, teachers, and parents to check out. And like clockwork, concerned parents stepped in. They couldn't process the demographic changes in their community and decided that the reason that their community was less white was because kids are reading books about American anti-black racism, basically. That seems the logic. At least that's the logic I've seen. It's like, well, this is causing more racism, huh? What? Yeah. What are you talking yeah. about? The, the the comments at these school board meetings, and this is sort of pre the full blown critical race theory screaming matches. Like this 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 happened like sort of on the heels of the summer of last year. Parents were saying the same stuff. This is racist against white people. Like there was like a children's book that was like about Rosa Parks, and it was like the most children's book I've ever seen. Like I I, I can't my kid reading this and then feeling guilty that they're white. No. Yeah. And I can tell that this book is what it's what it's going to say rather than like, you know, being about a kid's book that's humanizing all children and being like, there's nothing fucking different. So because of all this outrage, the school board banned the materials or rather they said they're putting a freeze on the list until they had time to review it because they don't like the word banned. So the great thing is that the kids at this high school, they didn't let that stop them from educating themselves. And they certainly didn't appreciate the sort of like unilateral nature of these like books and articles and stuff just being restricted. So they started protesting daily. It started off with like a couple kids and then it grew into like the hundreds. And they eventually created the Panther, I think, anti-racism union, student union. And they're, right. I think their mascot's called the Panthers. But, you know, again, you love to see it. The great yeah. coincidence. They knew, sure they parents, knew that was going to scare the shit out of Fox News. Yeah, you know? their parents <laughs> were like, ah, Panthers, no! 
So yeah. they their voices were eventually heard. They were able to go to a school board meeting to like sort of speak up on what they thought. And this one student, Ira Gupta, said, our thoughts are being invalidated. There's only one portion of the community that this band represents, and it's not ours. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. And like it kicked off like a whole uh, like domino effect of of support because they were so vocal, like parents sort of were like, damn, OK, like, I guess I should if, if the students also care, like there's ways for me to also get involved. The like the band books thing ended up with the one of the authors of some of the books, this guy, Brad Meltzer, he came up to give comment. Like the library said, like, you know what? We don't care what the band is like. We will fully stock all of these books and make them widely available. And then on Monday, this school board unanimously voted to unfreeze or whatever, unrestrict, whatever words they want to use, those books and articles and documentaries. However, though, along the way, they were like mumbling stuff about socialism and like communism, even though it's unanimous. <laughs> like, well, you know, it's communism, obviously, like we got to keep it. Anyway, right. fine. It's unanimous. Yes. Blah, communism, blah. the famous communist principle of doing what the majority of people want to do. <laughs> yeah. That's that's awesome. That's uh, very encouraging. I do keep coming back to this idea that people are like pointing to how like nationally unpopular like some of this shit is and like that, like, yeah, the majority of people want like recognize that racism is wrong. And for some reason, it just popped in my head as we were doing this story. I think it was like my inner uh, barometer was like, this is getting too encouraging. So I have to put something depressing in here that uh, <laughs> Nazism was very unpopular. You guys, it was oh, no. pulled in the 30s for <laughs> decades. Uh, and, and then they like below the 30s and then they swept to power. They never won a popular election. So, yeah. you know, as long as this is hanging around, as long as they're trying to silence people who are telling the truth, you know, we, we can't be safe unless we're, you know, constantly fighting this shit like these kids did. It, it, it's I mean, it's like we said earlier, the established power just coming in and saying, well, this is what this is what people want. And, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and that not reflecting those opinions at all. Yeah. Well, one of their high school teachers like sort of gave this comedy. He's like, man, these kids are like heroes. Like, you know, like, I can't believe like the effort they put into this. And that's like everything they did is commendable. But then, you know, it's just sort of like this idea that he was sort of pointing out is like, you know, most Americans and school children and most parents, they support this kind of educational material for their kids. Mm -hmm. Like and and they know that it's actually unfortunately it's part of American history, but it must be taught. So it, it's just like a good a, a feel good story in that sense. But I think also like to your point about like Nazis and stuff, I think. Kids now are just, or people now, they have an ear for dog whistles. Like where yeah. before the dog whistle only resonated with the dogs you were trying to get, whose attention you were trying right. to get, because it wasn't right. resonating at that frequency for you to be aware of. And I think so many more people now, uh, you know, and, and in some cases to an extreme, can be like, can just sort of parse through things and understand like what's happening. And I think that's probably the best defense that we have is that people just general awareness of like what discrimination looks like in most of its right. forms that it's like hard to sort of like give it like a very, you know, innocuous or euphemistic name of a bill or something and hope that right. no one notices. Right. I'm, yeah. I'm so blown away by the, the idea that learning about racist history is going to make people feel guilty. Like it, it might be my ego talking, but I'm like, 
I read about horrible racist white people in the past. I'm like, oh, thank God I'm not like them. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It makes me kind of feel better about myself right away. (laughs) You're like, oh, good. There's a baseline at least. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Doing better. Better. Above average. All right. I'm, yeah, I'm not Nathaniel Bedford Forrest. Right. Good. That's a start. (laughs) We just learned about this guy, uh, Governor Morris. We did an episode about him and he was this very, very anti-slavery founding father that we'd never heard of before. And, you know, we're my wife and I talking about our public education and not having been taught about this guy and wondering why he was so buried. And, you know, it's like because he makes everybody else look bad. But I think in not studying these things, we also lose out on learning about cool people like that who were doing the right thing. Right. Yeah. That there was someone standing up to them during the founding of the country. Because before you thought it was a we love America. Sign it. Bye. Mm -hmm. And also like the way you're taught history. I remember I like when I was very young, I didn't think slavery existed until the Civil War. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Like that. It was like a like it became a problem. And like there weren't slaves during the their wait. What? Mm -hmm. For a while? Huh? Uh -huh. Okay. Didn't realize that. I mean, like, so it's funny how even how like when slavery is even introduced to school kids, like in a textbook, it's almost like it's almost treating it in a vacuum. It's like, and then there was the Civil War because slavery happened that one day. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They were trying to do a slavery, and they the the good guys fought them off like the Avengers and one. Right, yeah. and they'll they'll tell you, well, it was the times. That's how people just were. They didn't know any better, and then you learn that all these people did know better and said, hey, this is bad. Right. And Thomas Jefferson and everyone said no to that so yeah, yeah we're very clear the, that wasn't a scene in uh, hamilton was it <laughs> they left that one out but the one goes like hey yeah. y'all tripping about slavery huh right <laughs> like hey, hey hey come on pipe down pipe hey. down we love alexander <laughs> like they literally leave it unspoken he's like we know who's doing the planting right and it's just right. like oh that's, that's actually like, not that's, good enough yeah right. moving that's on. not a oh type moment yeah. i'm sorry the bar is too low for that oh <laughs> Uh, All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, according to the National Retail Federation 2021. That sounds like a a fucking like the name of our government in like 20 years. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. This is the party that we're all voting for in right. 20 years. I'm voting for the National, the National Retail, Retail Federation. Federation. I'm going to say it, sound, it sounds like those guys from the Phantom Menace who... who oh, the, yeah, the Trade yeah, Federation. The Trade yeah. Federation, yeah. yeah. It's like, we have a trade... Yeah, those we are creepy gonna, Asian the, aliens that yeah. they're like, no, was that racist? Yeah. No, really? <laughs> was, no, let's just ignore that. Let's all love the prequels and ignore all that stuff. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I'm a prequel kid. I don't know, what are you talking about? Um, but yeah, yeah, it sounds like we're, we're gonna have a, we're gonna be run by the trade federation in thirty years. <laughs> oh, absolutely. yeah. So they're saying, and this feels a little bit bold to me. They're saying 2021 is going to be a record-breaking year for Halloween spending. I, I feel like any prediction on like behavior that's that far in the future just seems a little. Uh, cavalier based on like what we've just lived through like maybe but i would say if you would use a folk if you were to take a focused group that is just me i would say that's very (laughs) accurate (laughs) you're like i love this it's actually going to be triple last year well this is the thing that they're looking at right because they said when the cdc last year was like 
Do not do Halloween, assholes. Do not do it. Please, for the love of everything that's holy, just fucking don't. Nobody listened. People still spent over $8 billion. This year, they're saying it's going to be over $10 billion yes. when it comes to costumes, decoration, candy, and they say pet costumes even more. That's the shit that's really on the come up is pet costumes. So a lot of the spending, a bulk of it, $3.3 billion is going to go to costumes. That's 27% more than last year. Mm. And then, and that's like, you know, like the last time it was like spending was at that level was 2017. And then $3 billion on candy, another three that they think is going to be on decorations. And I know we've seen people lose their shit over the 12 foot skeleton. You know, like I've for like an entire year, we know people that have been up to Brandy Posey, I'm looking at you, uh, who have (laughs) been just cannot stop thinking about this 12 foot skeleton. So, you know, they're saying like that on top of kids costumes they just see it going up and up and up but the really the pet costume thing is experiencing a lot of growth and that might make sense if people who actually kept their adopted pets from the pandemic you know that they would be dressing up their pets because for me i don't really buy i don't really dress up but uh my partner and i we like to find shit for our dog that's Mm -hmm. that is fun yeah i can i can definitely i'm like i see that part of the spending I've already got a little Toon Squad jersey for my dog, and that's just oh. like the, that's just the start of it. What's your what? Uh, which jersey is it just generic Toon Squad or gen- character? It's just generic Toon Squad. Okay. No, they okay. didn't make like a specific like Bugs Bunny, like Michael Jordan one. Right. Oh, that's amazing. Yeah. So I don't know. I mean, the, I, I I'm. It seems like a combination of like because the summer was shitty, and we do have vaccines, so people are going to feel a little bit more, you know, lively uh, yeah. for Halloween. Plus, you can do this shit outside. Trick-or-treating does take place outside. And I feel like to get into it, it's like you're not, you can really just decorate the exterior of where you live Mm. and still kind of like get, you know, express yourself like that rather than like coming inside and seeing all this other spooky shit that you have set up. But I don't know. What's your your take here, Joan? I think, I mean, my honest feeling is I think the reason like Halloween will be big this year and why it's kind of just like spooky season has been growing in popularity and like, recent years is does is kind of like tied to the fact that we all feel like we're we're gonna die we're all gonna <laughs> right, die right. like in set like even before pandemic times like you know fucking global warming and all this like we just feel very close to the brink and i truly believe that like halloween is like this little release valve every year we where we all kind of like get to collectively like laugh and have fun with death so it makes sense to me that it has just been you know i i feel like in the last i mean i've always been kind of like a big halloween fan but i just feel like in the last like five to ten years i've just seen a huge blow up online of people who are like i'm horror in i'm a horror influencer i i like love horror i love spooky stuff um so i think it makes sense that this would like even outside of you know, whatever the trends are saying, like psychologically to me, it makes sense that this is going to be the year that we're all like, yeah, like, fuck it. Like, yeah. let's just all like laugh at the Grim. Let's all just like put on, put on Pennywise costumes and laugh at the Grim Reaper. <laughs> right. Like, yeah. I love this. So funny. That bloody knife. Prop yes. that he had. Hell yeah. I mean, yeah. yeah like, get more macabre. Yes. After all, after the year we've had, like, yeah. What's so scary about a bloody knife? This, there was another weird stat in here that said 69% of adults surveyed had already picked out their costume for this year. Like picked it out, like put it together or just like decided what they're they said, going, okay, going. They said, okay, they said if you, they've already picked out, like not to say that it's been purchased, but they, they know what they are going 
to or to how they're going to dress up, which is wild to me. I'm a, I'm definitely an outlier when it comes to Halloween. I think of something literally the two days before I had I would have mm-hmm. to go to a costume party. Like I'm not. I have friends though who are like keeping track of shit throughout the year. I'm like, oh, that's stupid. That might make a good costume. That's they got their eye on it. Yeah. And those to see sixty nine percent in Oof. September already. Yeah, I think yeah. people are. I re, I to your point, Joan. I I, re, I just think people are really ready to die. <laughs> die. I think skipping Halloween like that's one that that's one holiday that like just the human like experience needs like we can't just skip Halloween we need to yeah. uh, dress right. up like gory car accidents and go out and walk around around each other and my my three-year-old has been asking when it's going to get spooky like for weeks now which is early like yeah. he's yeah, I mean, mm, not from my perspective, but you know, right. I'll, I'll let you parent your way. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were high on be like, "What Year are you doing?" Spookery. It was should have been months ago. What are you doing? <laughs> you have a you have a costume picked out, Joe? Ooh, I have a couple. Yeah. Oh, so what's your what's your like uh, your the rhythm in which you understand when you're gonna have a, a costume? Like, do you have a deadline? Is this do you typically know by this time this of of the year? or uh, usually no by this time of the year. I will say, like, I, I, I did go through, like, a hard, like, kind of, like, as much as I love Halloween, a hard, like, not big on costumes phase because I was doing a lot of, like, sketch comedy with UCB for a bunch of years and mm-hmm. costumes just didn't feel as special and I got much more into, like, spooky dress-up, you know, like, yeah. like Halloween, like, really nice, like, Halloween-themed dresses, like, suits, stuff like that, that I, I, I still, like, I still incorporate into my halloween wardrobe like i just i'm very excited i just got a like beetlejuice inspired like power suit i would describe it like imagine like halfway between beetlejuice and the good wife that's what like the look is and i'm (laughs) okay and i'm like i have an event that i'm planning that for we're all going to like a little like spooky like uh halloween cocktail soiree that i'm ready to wear that for but yeah usually like I don't know. I don't really have a hall. I don't know if that I have any like consistent cop costume rhythm. It's just kind of like what I'm feeling at the time. Yeah. I will say one of the, like one of the straight up costumes we have planned out is Kate Raft, uh, former like former guest of the show and oh, my yeah. comedy partner. Uh, we've I've always been very into the Chucky movies. They are just recently getting super into the Chucky movies, and we're gonna do. Uh, I think we're gonna do like a combo costume of me as. Tiffany and them as Glenn slash Glenda, their uh, gender non-conforming, like non-binary child from Seed of Chucky. So we're right. gonna that's gonna be one of our costumes or or one of my costumes. Not all of our costumes are gonna be group costumes, but we're definitely doing that as a group at some point. Yeah. Nice. What about you, Jack? You got costumes? I know you 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 and your family. I see your family photos. You y'all y'all go in. I have the same Batman suit that I wear every year. Just oh right, the when you say this, if ill-fitting Batman. Yeah, it's a, the crotch <laughs> is about like an inch too short, so it's major. Yeah, yeah. So you got a, it's Batman who has a towel on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's right, Batman no. just out the shower. Low crotch Batman. Yeah. So our three-year-old is into superheroes. That makes it super easy. Our five-year-old is into trains and garbage trucks and he wants to be a garbage truck uh oh, and i have no that's awesome clue i love how that. i'm gonna 
It, that's like one of those requests for kids who have dads that are handy. Yeah. And like right. good at make building stuff. And that that just isn't me. So if you I, have no I am envisioning have you ever seen those like really impressive like Transformers costumes that people make? Yeah. yeah. Like that into a garbage truck would be mind blowing. Okay, I don't know. let your kid hear that. Yeah. 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 Don't, I'm sorry. Yeah. Actually, don't. put your kid on really quick. I'm like, you know what would be cool? Here, let me show you this video. This yeah. little boy went from an 18 wheeler into a fucking full on robot. Yeah. That would yeah. be cool, right? Yeah. Yeah. I whenever I asked for stuff like that, my mom was just like, no. And I was just like, all right, I'll yeah. uh I'll just I'll buy this one hat that says SWAT on it and we're all black. Yeah. And I'll be Keanu Reeves from Speed. The first Halloween where I was like, I'm not doing like we always grew up with those costumes that were like plastic mask and then like plastic smock with like the yeah. character's face on it. It's like, yeah, it's like how elf dressed. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, the first Halloween that I was like, oh, I can just like, I can make my own costume. I can build my own thing was like game changer for me. Mm -hmm. What was it? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is like former life, but I was very into the X-Files at the time. And I, I put together a little like Agent Mulder costume. Fox Mulder. Oh, okay. Fox yeah. Mulder, yes. yeah. I probably I, I I wanted to I felt I wanted to go with Scully, but you know different times, right. different plays. Different times. Right, right, right. That is a, a uh, yeah. I was that that is something I should do. I should fulfill that that dream at some point and do a Scully. I yeah. mean, Jillian is killing it right now. Uh, Jillian, you know I, I, mean? I am watching so much just like X Files right now. Comet TV is just airing it all the time, and I'm like, holy shit, she's so good in that. Yeah, she's so good in everything. But I'm just like, yeah, I have good taste. I had great taste as a kid. <laughs> She's great. Shout out to me as a youth. Shout out yeah. to me. I was like a. I was like so unique. I watched the X Files in the nineties. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Who else? Who else who was else? doing that? Like I would watch the. I would watch the Simpsons and the X Files. <laughs> like I had just like unique taste back then. I know. Yeah. I'm a. I'm a unique one. I'm an outlier. I, yeah. All right. Let's talk about some some like kind of topical Halloween costumes that are being floated. Uh, we went through pop sugars like list of mm -hmm. different ideas and i thought there were like some cute ideas in there i think the the one that was on the list and also miles you found in the place you go for your halloween costume advice the new york post yep is the bernie sanders like sitting with the mask on inauguration yeah. with the uh mittens just looking unhappy to be there they've converted that into it, what the New York Post is describing as a sexy Halloween costume. It's that e-girl vibe because mm -hmm. it's from dollskill.com. So they're okay. the one making it. So it's yeah. like, you know, it's it's a little a little bit something different for the youth. The coat doesn't appear to yeah. be trying to approximate what, what Bernie was doing. But yeah, my, my, I would say my issue with this is that it's a very like performance based costume. So right. like to get the, you got to like fully sit and do the pose to get it across. <laughs> right. and it's like, In are you ready chair. to do that? Are you ready to do that all night? Right. right. Unless part of your I guess that's where a fun costume is like you'd find a way to build the seat into the ass of your True. costume. So yeah. you could be like, oh, who am I? And then you just like, boom. Yeah. The pose. And they're like, oh, shit. That's Bernie. Yeah. yeah. I thought yeah. you were just somebody who was masking and had mittens on the, the other one that's performance based and i don't know how you do it necessarily but if somebody pulls it off it would be uh, amazing is 
they they suggested doing so, some manner of recreation of the Bidens next to the Carters, where the Carters. <laughs> I look love like, that. <laughs> look like they're like. <laughs> I, I I feel that's easy. I feel like that's easier to pull. Or at least it's, there's something more evocative about that than the Bernie one. Like, right, yeah. like I think yeah. If you like get this, like you know, I think you'd obviously you would be by you would be Biden, Biden right. or Jill, or you'd be. Uh, the, one of the Bidens, and then you'd want to like make a little like chair with a little Carter inside, uh, uh, inside uh, sitting on it to like yeah. attach to your side, and then you would just kneel <laughs> and you get it across. <laughs> right. I think right. that's great. It's a couple and you can even yeah, you do like you do like a Muppet style Jimmy Carter. Oh yeah, and then yeah. you could do a puppet shit. You could be like, what's that, Jimmy? I think that's a great idea. Yeah. That's a performance based one I like. Yeah. yeah. See, and I as much and I'm so excited by the idea, but then the second I think about the effort, I'm like, okay, what do I need? Like a child, like a, a child, like a preschool reading chair yeah. that's like plush, or do I have to make one and wrap it in fabric, then make oh, a shit. Muppet? Mm, I will, that would be I, a good one for my family. I was going like, to say, yeah, yeah, if you have a kid, that's a good a, one. With a five-year-old. Yeah, you should go to your five-year-old, you're going as Jimmy Carter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't, no discussion. Uh, yeah, especially when you're like, oh, like, okay, what did you want to be? I want to be Iron Man. You're like, well, put this wig on, because you Rosalind Carter. Now get in this seat. Get in this chair. Yeah. There's uh, another one that, I don't know, it feels a little weird for, so it's Promising Young Woman, woman the uh, nurse costume. That's not a good idea. I'm not. What? Yeah. Yeah. Because, first of all, most people are just going to think that you're a sexy nurse. Exactly. And then I guess you have to go into the explanation of, like, I'm specifically this sexy nurse and... And I don't know, like, I don't know. That seems like, and then you're like, kill. oh, that sounds traumatic. Yeah. For yeah. The costumes, character. Well, no, yeah. no, 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 it's fine. Yeah. yeah I guess, it's, yeah. It's a movie about how our society enables and excuses rape culture. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. the costume it, it could have been designed by one of the frat guys in the movie. Yes. Like, right. That they, and, and by they, the way, you can't bob for apples and have a yeah. good story after. Yeah. 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 And by the way, like, my character gets, like, murdered by one of these frat guys. Like, mo- oh, Spoilers for Promising Young Woman. Right. Sorry. If you see, you were going to see it. Hey, spoiler it. alert for Promising Young Woman. Uh, yeah, I haven't seen it now. What, what's going on? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I, this is me before I'm about to be murdered by um, that guy from Glow. Yeah. Right? <laughs> that guy from Glow. I forget. I don't know his real name. Yeah. Oh, I'm, I'm so bad with names. But yes, that was enough for me. But yeah, guy from Glow. Yeah. Carrie Bechet's husband. This is me before I was about to be murdered by Carrie Bechet's husband. <laughs> <laughs> That's also how I know him. So that's one of the bad ones. There's a bunch of Olivia Rodrigo looks, like her album cover, White House appearance, uh, one of her videos. The Cat Lawyer, with, uh, I feel like you could knock that out with just a color printer. Yeah. And a suit, basically. Wait, what was the Cat Lawyer? It was a lawyer on a Zoom call who couldn't get rid of the cat filter. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So you could just put a... The cat See, filter. I, that's your face. the thing is like the overly memey ones, and yeah. I because I don't know how to pronounce pronounce meme. I'm um, using it as an adjective, <laughs> but those weird. those <laughs> memey ones, those memes, yeah. yeah, yeah, those are like they just feel like sort of flash in the pan. 
Yeah. Although I don't know why at the same time I'm like loving the Carters and Bidens version. Yeah. I'm like, that's I the mean, shit right there. Yeah. Well, that actually, is... disregard everything I'm saying. I don't know what I'm talking about. The only Mimi costumes I want to see are of Mimi from the Drew Carey show. Thank Woo! you. Yo, shout <laughs> out my boy. My uh, one of my best friends in junior high, he went as Mimi from Drew Carey show and he killed that shit that's, in sixth grade. Th- that is very fun. You, you had a very cool friend. Yeah, he was just like because he loved the Drew Carey show yeah. and he was like, he was like his whole thing was like, man, Drew Carey's like too normal looking, bro. It's not yeah. a fucking costume. Like, we're fucking, if I go as Mimi, I got the muumu on, you know what I mean? Yeah. The wig, the the makeup, yeah. Did like, yeah. did anyone give him shit? Or like, were people just like, fuck yeah? Most people, nah, no one really gave him shit. If, uh, most yeah, people were just like confused. What People didn't understand like the reference. Okay, okay. And I didn't either. Because when he, when he came to school like that, I said, what the fuck is this? He said, Mimi from Drew Carey. So I said, I don't watch that show. And then oh. I, then he, then like he had to, because there was no internet like to readily yeah. show a reference photo, he had to like go home and bring a TV guide the next day and was like, this person. This person. And I'm that's, like, oh shit. Mm. Yeah. That, that tracks. Yeah. I love this kid. I want to, I want to know, I want to know where this kid is now. I, I love it. It's, yeah. yeah. Drew Carey show. I love the Drew Carey show. Yeah. Yeah. Mayor from Mayor of East Town. I feel like if you just vape and are in a cold weather uh, yeah. climate and can dress in <laughs> cold weather clothes, that would be fairly easy. If you can get a Wawa wrapper that, yeah. you know, flush it out a little bit. That's right. neat, that's like, I feel like that's going to be a very low effort costume. This yeah, year. you need like yeah. a M65 military jacket yeah. over like a Uniqlo down vest with a yeah. turtleneck. Yeah. And you're vaping, baby. You, you got an Emmy. Yeah. Yeah. And then the weekend had some kind of iconic looks this year that would be easy to easy enough to pull off with just clothes and a glove and some face bandages. Sure. That's those those are kind of the ones that jumped out at me. There are some other ones like in this. They have another article. It's like 50 plus clever costumes that'll make you say, why didn't I think of that? And one is a chip on your shoulder and someone just is holding a bag of lays on their shoulder. Yeah, no, that's pretty. uh, Why? Why didn't I think? Come on now. Because I don't know. Stupid. Oh right, because it sucks. Because it sucks, and <laughs> I yeah, and I'm pretty, and I'm pretty great. I would never <laughs> think of something so dumb. Or if you're a smart cookie, you're wearing a cap and gown that's with like you're holding cookies. Mm, yeah. So a no. nose, a nose yeah. mask with uh, in like a runner's gear for runny nose. That that was pretty. Oh boy. So don't do those. Don't don't do promising young woman, woman. or anything too Mimi. Unless, unless, it's, me, unless, unless it's, it's Mimi. Yeah. Unless it's, <laughs> unless it's Mimi. Unless it's Mimi from Drew Carey <laughs> show. Uh, and or the Carters or the Biden Carter. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you could somehow do both the the Bidens with Mimi from Drew Carey show. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. Um, Whoa. What if that crossover happened? Yeah. <laughs> if Mimi Bobek were a Biden. You remember her last name. Good job. I just I had to look it up right now because okay, I was trying to figure out where the who the performer like what they're up to now. Okay. Because um, a part of me was like, I don't know, did they go MAGA or some shit? <laughs> I <laughs> never know. Like, to... Kathy Kinney seems like she's on the up. Yeah. Yeah. All right, that's gonna do it for this week's weekly zeitgeist. Please like and review the show if you like the show. Uh, means the world to Miles. He. He needs your validation, folks. Uh, I hope you're having a great weekend, and I will talk to you Monday. Bye.